Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. My name is Jimmy Good, and I am your host. And joining me this week is my go-to podcast compadre, Mr. Joe Lever. Joe, is the force strong with you? <clears throat> Sorry, Jimmy, I was just doing my meditations. <laughs> it is. It is very strong. Excellent. Good. It's glad. It's good to hear it. Glad to be here. Uh, and for everybody who's also looking for Levi, Levi is a bit under the weather. There's always a chance he might join us mid-podcast, but who knows? So please send him some of your good vibes and whatnot, because he really wanted to come here and talk about Star Wars. Maybe I'll record something with him later and edit it in. I don't know. Anyway, we've been going through talking about all the Star Wars films. Uh, Joe has been such a good sport going back and watching the original trilogy. And now we've gotten through all of the prequel trilogy except for episode three, which is Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, a.k.a. my favorite Star Wars movie. I know I'm a blasphemer. Like, how can you love a prequel more than the originals or the new ones? You know what? I just freaking do and we're gonna talk about it today uh and joe is the first time watching it you watched it a little while ago you kind of when we got back from our trip uh down to florida you went and watched like attack of the clones revenge of the sith and then kind of got into the um the sequel trilogy as well but Mm -hmm. uh i want to start with you obviously because you know this is your first time jumping into this one comparatively to like attack of the clones because i feel like you know they're all in the prequel trilogy but this one you get the the same kind of cast for the most part. You know, you get Hayden Christensen back. You get Ewan McGregor back kind of in those big main roles here. Uh, what did you think of the transformation of Anakin from 2 to 3 and Obi from 2 to 3? Anakin, uh, more of a man. Uh, Obi seems a little wiser, more experienced in my opinion. Hmm. Um who was the other one? Obi Anakin and those are the two. I mean, Natalie Portman, yeah. obviously, and Ian McDermott's back as the pal as Palpatine. Sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, both uh, they show um, uh, uh, not a leap, but a, a step in maturity. I think Anakin even more so. Um, and with Anakin, maybe it's a little more in the looks than the brains. Oh, really? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Dang. Uh, yeah. And I want to say this before everybody gets after me. Yes, Mace Windu and Yoda and everybody else is pretty much still safe. You still have Count Dooku. I know. I mean, like, the main, like, the core cast. Uh, I want to talk, too, about this because a lot of people look back on episode three and they talk about that introductory sequence you have there, Joe. If you remember, you get the two Jedi starfighters. They're kind of flying around. It's kind of quiet. They fly up and over that, like the Republic Star Destroyer or whatnot, and then there's a big space battle, and then they eventually get on Grievous' ship, the Invisible Hand. They fight Count Dooku. Spoiler alert, by the way, for this this entire movie, but fight Count Dooku, kill Count Dooku, fight Grievous, have to land, like, the ship, saving the Emperor. All of this, or, you know, the Chancellor. That whole sequence is kind of crazy, and apparently there's, like, an extended version of it out there as well, but I think it's, like, so cool, and it's maybe one of my favorite sequences in all Star Wars, because it just feels like it's just so, like, get up and go, and it's cool to see these guys work together, because it's, like, the only time we get a lot of them working together, besides the beginning of Attack of the Clones, and I just wanted you to tell me what you thought about that whole bit. No, granted, there's some meat on the bones there, and it is enjoyable, and it's kind of like uh, it puts you back in your seat right out of the gate, right? Which yeah. is nice. Um, which I think makes this movie, you know, why it kind of bolsters it to the front of the line is because of that. Uh, it's a little amped up, I feel like. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it, it bodes a question. How did they kidnap Emperor Palpatine? Uh, I assume Dooku knew Palpatine was his master in the Sith Lord. Uh, Grievous, where does he even come from? Uh, yeah, so that's a really good question. So yeah, he's he just out of nowhere. He's just a guy, uh, yeah, or a robot, a Borg bi- bionic dude. Yeah, that's kind of like here. a Darth Vader 1.0 type of deal. Kind of like a cyborg. Like he had the kind of the internal stuff. Uh, so there's a few different schools of thought on this, especially like when I think about it. Uh, I think Grievous was kind of for the marketing. He was the Darth Maul of this movie. He was kind of the I'm going to show off, like, this cool new technology and make him look sweet and all that. Uh, But also, Grievous plays a much bigger role in the actual Clone Wars. Now, in the actual Clone Wars, like, computer animated TV series, you see Grievous plenty in there. But that series hasn't, as of the recording of this show, has not led directly up to Episode 3. The seventh and final season, which is coming to Disney Plus soon, I promise they're not paying me to do this. I'm just, I love it, and it just, this is how it's going to work. It's going to actually lead up, I believe, into episode three, so there's going to bridge that gap. Originally, though, Joe, the animated version of The Clone Wars, which was the Star Wars The Clone Wars made by the Samurai Jack folks, it's very stylized, very stylistic. They have this whole sequence near the end where General Grievous actually kidnaps the Chancellor, and kills a ton of Jedi. He kills a bunch of Jedi in a droid battle beforehand, but he has to, like, kill some Jedi as he, like, systematically takes them out, and he captures the the Chancellor. But right before he's able to capture the Chancellor and take him on a ship, Mace Windu shows up, and he does a Force Crush, which isn't very Jedi-like, but it crushes his internal chest, you know, plates, and it hits his organs, and that's why he has his cough. At least that's what the old version of was like kind of like oh that's why he's always like like that because mace kind of like did that so that might not still be consistent in the clone wars moving forward when they come out with this new season but that's where general grievous kind of comes from and again if you joe we'll have to go back and watch that it is so cool he is like the terminator but he's also like batman like general he moves so fast like they don't do him justice in this movie it's kind of hard to do it but in the show he can like he'll wield like three lightsabers but he'll hold like one in his foot and he'll balance on one last foot and then he'll fight like super crazy like the jedi just don't know how to like really defend super well against him and he'll crush people like he'll crush skulls with his bare feet and stuff it's really cool and uh like i said you can't really do it justice in like an, a live action it's going to be almost impossible to do that but anyway so there's a little brief uh backstory about that and also uh general grievous has a whole backstory about how he kind of hates the republic and was once an actual like biological humanoid type of alien but then eventually got harmed too much and got this new droid body and hates the jedi and has a vendetta against him that's why he wants to kill so many jedi so there you go so essentially you're telling me you gotta watch the clone wars and other and look in the other lore in order to know where he comes from and his origin and why he is why he is and what his part in this really is yeah i'm sorry that's a, like a lot of characters are that way it's kind of like darth maul like you know before the clone wars and stuff he was just this like sure. you're like who is that guy they're like well if you want to read some comics about him and i'm like no i want a movie about him and they're like we're gonna make a comic <laughs> i'm like yeah well i think uh I think this kind of foreshadows a little bit of a down, not downfall, but uh, uh, a def. 
a deficiency that I think George Lucas kind of has because he was in, at the helm on all these. I feel like he uh, he's very he's not very subtle with things. I feel like he's very like to the point. Here it is, boom, boom, is there. And granted, he did something amazing. His imagination created this whole thing. It's great, but um, from the artistic point of view and the the uh, directorial. Uh, aspect I feel like he he's very rudimentary to some degree um, and I've seen that from other critics and whatnot and that I didn't just adopt that but um, you know and, and just some of the creative liberties he didn't take um, you know there's nothing too complex about like the emotional moments of these movies you know especially um, Attack of the Clones, you know, really showed that off, and then and then this one still does that a little bit. There's there's little nuances and subtleties that needed to be sprinkled throughout these movies to really make those transitions well, hmm. whether from scene to scene or movie to movie. I, I feel um, you could go on and on about that, and we could bring up a bunch of examples, but you know, I feel like the emotional changes and the showing of humanity and characters sometimes done well, but not always. Uh, there are some shortcomings there and I feel like those are the main points to point at, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, sometimes these movies, I think they need to do a better job of, uh, you know, the movies should stand on their own. These are the three leading up to the original three um, and so on. I, I feel like in, to that aspect, you know, to that, to that account, the first three I think do a little bit of a better job of it. Um, I feel like maybe these not quite so much, but uh, these movies should stand on their own and establish these characters a little bit more. Um, Grievous being an example, um, unless at the time of making this film they said, well, we're going to do this thing that's going to explain all that and they'll eat it up, right? I, I don't know if that was the case, but um, I'm guessing it wasn't. And they thought they could just, well, just pigeonhole this antagonist in here who's, yeah. I feel like it would have been better if they would have throughout the movies, you know, similar to Darth Vader in the three originals. They should have had like a consistent antagonists at the front lines causing the havoc being the problem and and transitioning through and through um darth maul could have been that character although there's not, not a lot of dialogue to be had there i guess there could have been he could have been yeah they show yeah. off a lot more dialogue with him later on so yeah, yeah sure. and could have been a lot more interesting right um yeah. i feel like just kind of pigeonholing a few different bad guys throughout these few movies is kind of a a downfall in my eyes um but and my comparison for that is look at the the three originals with Vader is that person right? Sure. Um, well, maybe, for the most part, I, yeah. obviously you have you have uh, Palpatine all along, but he's kind of background behind the curtain pulling strings kind of a thing, the yeah. mysterious bad guy, which mm -hmm. is great. But I feel like at the forefront, you want that kind of prominent figure that's the constant bad wreaking havoc through and through. And you develop more of a you develop more of an attachment to that character, making all these happenings more you're more invested in them, more interested in them, more on the edge of your seat for them. And sure. you know, well they get him this time, or oh man, look what he did this time. And 
and it really develops a story that's maybe a little bit more impactful in my eyes instead of just it almost becomes a bad guy of the week or in this case a bad guy of the episode sure so where does grievous stack up for you compared to dooku or darth maul i mean he has his attributes i mean i don't think they do him justice like you said i mean I, he can he can really wreak some havoc on some jedi and, yeah and this one it's more like okay how fast can i run away yeah he's kind of a coward yeah a little bit yeah so his four lightsabers as far as i'm concerned it seems more like he found those behind a rock somewhere <laughs> on his journey sure so, so he doesn't rank know. super high compared to the others no, he doesn't, and uh, you know, to that, to that effect, I mean, Darth Maul. I feel like he's kind of the same way. He's uh, it's short and sweet, and seemed like an interesting character, and had the badass vibe that you want out of your antagonist and uh, somebody of the Sith. Um, I feel like just the aesthetic of him alone lends himself to a good marketing tool. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and and would have been a more interesting antagonist throughout. Um, but, you know, they didn't utilize him. So, I mean, in the same vein, is he really any better than Grievous? I mean, you know, sure. if you do him their justice, I think any could have been that front runner. But um, Dooku, I mean, you get a little more out of him, um, but he's not, like, heavily featured to the point where you're getting attached to him. More so, he's not even... Um, you know kind of cool in his own right but at the end of the day it's just an old guy with dark side abilities and a cool lightsaber but i guess i like um, his attachment to the jedi though like being qui-gon's master being yoda's apprentice there's something cool about that i think i guess that's true and and like and they don't another thing that they don't capitalize on really well yeah they probably should have done that more which would have been cool yeah making it more of an impactful tie and just you know and every encounter with them maybe being more having more weight to it yeah yeah which i think is a a good kind of segue here talking about the very the various different kind of villains we've had and i think um one thing that this they do change up a lot besides the villains are the planets that you have in the prequel trilogy and this one i think has some of my favorite ones uh the kind of the big ones obviously are uh coruscant which is there all of the time but utapau where um you know obi can obi-wan kenobi's on the back of the lizard and he fights grievous and then you get mustafar uh which i think is just one of the coolest things uh, i don't know i'm a big i'm just a sucker for uh lava and volcanoes and like a cool dark feel and vibe and i think mustafar kind of has that uh but for you when you're watching through this did you did you resonate with one more or the other did you like all of it or did you like seeing kind of the various planets that they kind of shoot to with the jedi when they're kind of order 66 is going down yeah i did like that i like that they show the wookie native land oh kashik like yeah i forgot about kashik apologies yeah they used that uh you know yoda being there during the clone wars is uh I, you know, probably good that they kind of keep them separate from where the main points are happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, worked out to be a good excuse to show, you know, where Chewbacca's from and everything and what was going on there. So um, I kind of like that, to be honest. But uh, overall, you know, I like kind of the planet hopping and, you know, especially during, during Order 66, you know, you kind of like, all these locations you know how far reaching this word was yeah it was neat yeah i think between that and that first battle 
for me, Star Wars has never felt bigger than in this movie. Maybe the very True. end of Rise of Skywalker, but there's just, like, so, like, when they're jumping around the whole galaxy or that first, like, huge ship battle, it feels like Star Wars is an actual galaxy-spanning conflict that is so impactful that, like, these moments and these characters have such a profound impact on everything. Uh, it's just, I love it. I think it's so cool, and that's something I feel like the original trilogy, I think, due to, you know, technical limitations and stuff, they couldn't really get away with it as much. Like, seeing the walkers on Hoth is really cool, but you only get, like, three of them, or four of them, you know, or whatever. There's, like, maybe 40 or 50 rebels. It doesn't feel like a ton, but, like, this sure. feels like... And, like, when he's uh, when Anakin's approaching the temple and he's got, like, a th like a thousand or more, like, troopers with him, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, that, <laughs> like this is, like, oh, he's going to kill a lot of people. Uh, like, it feels big. It feels grandiose, which I absolutely adore. I'm like, yes, more of that kind of stuff. Thank you. True. You know? True. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but did any planet, you said Kashyyyk was maybe your favorite? Yeah, yeah, I kind of like getting that little peek into uh, Chewbacca's world. Yeah, I thought you didn't but like Chewie, so I don't know. Was it the Wookiees too much, or were they not too bad in this one for you? Uh, you know, in these, he hasn't been too bad. I I forget which episode it was, but God, he just wouldn't. St it was probably Return of the Jedi. He just would not stop. <laughs> Do you like the Wookiees in this one? They're like crazy warriors. They'll like jump on a tank and like plant a bomb and jump off. A little explode. Like yeah, yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Which is cool. Um. It's not that I hate Wookiees. I just I just hate you know when I hate you, every other word, even when you know other dialogue is going on, he's in the background just going, yeah. like, "What's wrong?" Like, yeah. what you got a thorn in your foot? What's going on?" Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but uh, no, I, I don't necessarily have a favorite. I mean, it does jump around quite a bit. I, I just kind of enjoyed it as a whole, and I don't think there was any bad in the way they jump around a bit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the more pivotal moments. I think one that really comes to mind, and you're talking kind of about subtlety, and one that people actually kind of point out to as far as kind of acting subtlety or whatnot, is the moment sunset on Coruscant, Anakin sitting, you know, in the Jedi Temple, in the, the room with the Council, and they're not there, and he kind of looks out across everything, and Padme's kind of like doing a similar type of thing, and there's this kind of like unease because now Anakin has you know told Windu that like he's like I'm pretty sure Palpatine is like a Sith Lord not a big deal but we should probably check into that uh, and I don't know why it takes him so long to get over there I guess Mason everybody else had more or just better things to do but I like that sequence and it's just like silence there's just music playing and Anakin you can see he's like really struggling with this like it's really hard for him not to just immediately run out and go stop this even though he eventually does I want to know what um... you thought of that sequence Maybe one of the more enjoyable and proper sequences in all the movies. Uh, he finally, you know, it's one of the moments where Lucas stumbled on something good, where he did something somewhat subtle um, and used visual to represent the emotional struggle, um, not only in Anakin, but Padme, and almost kind of, you know, show that similar line or parallel between the two. Um and just also just kind of, you know, in that moment, you know, you're realizing that she is that full effect on him as to why he's doing what he's doing. But 
more to discuss as we get further into this movie. Sure. Um, yeah, which I think, by the way, now that I think about it, it's kind of, it's even more apt because it's like the twilight of him kind of like the light going away and then him acting in the darkness. It's a little bit yeah. better handled, I think, than the two on the nose version of like Ben Solo in Force Awakens with Han with the whole like the star fades away and then he's just like, I'm a bad guy now. Like, I like this one so much because it's just like, oh, like, um, which... I do love the sequence. I, any scene that Ian McDermott's in in this one is so good. I love that he's got this... He he seems to hold all the cards, but he pretends like he doesn't. I love where he at first is like, Hey, you know, Anakin, I want you to be my representative on the council. I want you to be a master, and uh, I think the Jedi Council is going to be okay with that. But, like, you know that he knows that they're not going to be cool with that. So they, you know... Yeah, him, yeah, he's yeah. using that to his advantage, and he's playing playing him like a fiddle, right? And he's basically kind of buffing up Anakin, like, "Yeah, I think you're worthy of it. You're a good guy. You know, you're you're better than any of them, Dame Nira." And, and showing that he kind of has that investment in him and cares about him and really thinks a lot of him, uh, meaning that Anakin will have a little bit of a feeling towards him as a what's the word? ostracizes but the, yeah he looks at uh palpatine for a moment as kind of a uh a confidant right oh yeah well he always he even says it to obi-wan when like you know he's like you know what you're asking me to do it's wrong he's like you're asking me to like spy on like a mentor and a friend and all this stuff and i i like that they the jedi basically are like all right you can be on the council but you can't be a master which Anakin gets pissed off immediately because he, I think he's always kind of had that like chip on his shoulder from as a young age of them being like, no, you're too old, you can't be a Jedi, blah blah blah. But he gets in, gets into the club, and they're still doing the whole like, but we're not gonna tell you everything about the club. And it's like, come on, guys, come on. like that right there, that kind of arrogance of the Jedi is like what leads him leads to their downfall. Yeah, and like obviously the stuff like his the. You know, they say the the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions, and obviously, like, a lot of his want is to help Padme, and she's going to die, but the thing that he's trying to do to save her is going to cause her to die. Maybe that's Palpatine putting those thoughts in his mind, but I just love that it's just so, like, you can tell that he's angry about it, but then they ask him to spy on him, and then even Palpatine, he knows, he's like, it's almost like a chess game, and he knows that the next move is just like, they asked you to do something you didn't like. They asked you to spy on me, didn't they? <laughs> and Anakin's like, I, I don't know what to yeah. say. And he's just like, yeah, I figured, figured that was gonna happen. Uh, which leads, you know, into that amazing sequence um, before he reveals that he's, um, you know, a Sith Lord or whatnot. But that um, the opera scene, which is like a Gungan opera scene, like those big bubbles and stuff. People talk about that as being one of the best moments in Star Wars. Uh, I absolutely adore it. I love it. Uh, what do you think about that, Joe, for seeing it for the first time where they're sitting and he's kind of, you know, in that box seat and he's like, leave us, you know, he kind of, they're chilling out there, whatever, watching that. Oh, do I remember that? Yeah, the part where he's talking about Darth Plagueis and he's like, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What do I think about that? How he just kind of reveals himself and... He didn't reveal himself there. I mean, like, he, that's where he talks to him about the whole, like, you know, the Jedi, you know, there's... Oh, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I know the ways of the Force, and what good is knowing the ways of the Force if you don't know it as a whole? And no, that's, the dark side. that's later on. 
Is it? Yeah, this part he just says he stands there, or he kind of sits there, and he tells him the story about Darth Plagueis the Wise, and he's like, you know, he learned how to control life itself, you know, and keep the yeah, ones so he, he loved from dying. Yeah, I don't remember it well. It must not have really settled ah, well, really? that well with me. It must have been, you know, I, I, I do, obviously there he's just planting seeds, right? Yeah. You know, that, 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 that kind of uh, power is out there, and, um, you know, that'll resonate with Anakin or stay in the back of his mind. And so when down the road it comes back around, remember what I told you, yada, yada, it's out there, we can do it. You know, um, I thought you'd like the aesthetics of the big bubble sequence. Yeah, gosh, why don't I remember? No, like that? sitting in the box seat, it's like super dark in there, and they have like uh, it's like shine. There's like shining from the bubbles and stuff, and it's like a lot of like just like throat singing. It's like oh, oh yeah, I kind of. Oh, it's a great it scene. Okay, anyway, but but anyway, so uh, for you, do you like how Palpatine kind of does what he does, or do you think it's foolish to reveal himself at any point here? down the road um now once a seed is planted that he can help save padme i mean it's it's a done deal i think sure do you think it was smart for him to do it then or he should have maybe should have waited until after order 66 and been like oh man i don't know how the troopers went bad uh no i mean obviously it made sense here i i yeah, I mean, I think he wanted to, I think it was more important to him to, um, you know, if all that would have happened and if somehow or another, it would have been hard to deny involvement. Um, I think he had to, you know, seal the deal with Anakin first and get his, um, what do you call it, Padawan? Oh, his, his apprentice. Apprentice, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, he probably could have just stopped that lightsaber instead of chopping off Mace's hand, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Did you like that lightsaber fight, by the way, between him and Palpatine? Yeah, it was actually kind of surprising, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of all that time, you don't expect that prowess to come out of Palpatine, but... Do you like that, or do you not hard. like that he's, like, a proficient with the lightsabers? Um, no, I mean, it should be that way, right? And and it was done okay. I, you know, the other Jedi that gets slayed by Palpatine there, I mean, it's pretty hokey looking now and again, but... Yeah. That's so much for being masters or whatever. Those freaking, those guys die real quick. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, the one guy wasn't even looking at Palpatine when he got <laughs> killed. He's, he's like, well, um, Kit Fisto, you lasted a while. Uh, I think a lot of people criticize Anakin's turn uh, being kind of quick, but I think... Yep. Um, Maybe, but at the same time, I like to look back at, like, at least Attack on the Clones. It wasn't like he was, like, a Jedi choir boy who just, like, flipped a switch. It was like, this guy's always kind of had, like, this anger issue. And the fact that, like, the Jedi have always kind of been, like, especially Obi. Obi's pretty mean to him, too. He's not so mean to him in this one. Uh, he's very nice to him. I love I love them together. I think they're so great. I just love... He's like, oh, it's your day with the politicians. Freaking Ewan McGregor. Um, but I... I think it works. Like it is kind of quick, but I feel like it has to. But you do you feel like it's too fast? You know, I agree with you. I think you make a good case there. You know, it, it may be quick, but it kind of has to be. Yeah, they don't um, have a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, you know, they don't. 
I think the only, you know, when he turns and everything, I think the only real profound or, like, kind of badass thing that he does is now Darth Vader pre-suit. Yeah. Um, it's pretty... The fact that immediately... It was hard to believe that he would immediately go and just slay a bunch of children. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's tough. And you can that's tell it's pretty... hard on him, though, right? He cries. Like, he's... Or he's, like, not... He's not, like, smiling. He's not well, like, they don't show anything, yeah. right? He just goes off and he walks into the temple, and I think that's the last you get of it. But uh, we see the kids. He's like, "Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do?" Oh yeah, yeah, and, then it and he just away, turns but... on the lightsaber. Uh, great yeah, stuff. Like to me, that's almost like. I mean, that's a little much to have just turned to the dark side and just go and slay a bunch of children who immediately as you walk in look to you like you're gonna help them and wide-eyed and bushy-tailed kind of a deal that's pretty i mean that's pretty ridiculous in my mind regardless of who you're trying to save yeah (laughs) you know that's like yeah i mean i can't imagine like okay my only way to save Haley's life is to go kill like 40 kids <laughs> <laughs> am i gonna Just do like it? probably gonna do it but no, i was gonna no. i mean uh, i'll do it but i'll yeah. feel really bad about it <laughs> no i it, i mean i don't want to say it's not believable i think he's a little tainted at this point but man it's a little much um you know but when he does go to mustafar or whatever to kill the uh um, uh, the Trade Federation guys and all that, and he shows up, and and you know, Palpatine sent you to escort us or whatever. Well, it turns out he was sent there to freaking chop your heads off, and that's pretty cool. That was more believable. Maybe that's all they should have done instead of killing the kids. But, sure. Um, yeah. Not like... that I'm upset about the kid killing thing. Maybe if that was done in a different way, but it, it's so. You know, it's one thing to point a gun at a building and blow it up, or a planet for that matter, but for him to intimately go there and chop them all up with a lightsaber is pretty, even more than barbaric. Like, that's unforgivable, evil at its finest kind of a thing. And and I think even a little much for a Sith, uh, especially one that's only five minutes old. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Do you think it would have been easier if earlier in the show or in the movie he would have gotten the rank of master or no, he would have been on the council, but not given the rank of master. And he would have been walking around the Jedi temple and a bunch of the kids would have kind of like run past him and they'd be like, Oh look, it's not master Skywalker. Like, or they just like said something like that. <laughs> just kind of like poke at him. And so he you're just saying like, if they gave Anakin a reason to hate yeah. the kids or like resent them in a way, maybe, um, I'm just yeah, saying. maybe slightly, but only a little, you just know? like where he'd walk into the room and he wouldn't even be sad. He'd be like, you kids had this coming. Um, He's like, this is your final lesson, you children. You little twerps yeah. messed with me one too many times. I think it was trying, uh, and I think the overall goal, obviously, is to be like, all right, Anakin has the propensity for pure evil. Like, he will do what is necessary. And with the the Tusken Raiders kind of before where they talk, he's like, I, you know, I slaughtered them like animals, and not just the men, but the women and the children. So it's not... It's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but you're right. It is a little gratuitous, and they didn't have to show it. What I wish they would have done, like the video game, uh, Star Wars Episode Three, the tie-in game, which is great and everyone should play it, uh, if you get the chance, if you like that sort of thing. Uh, 
I wish you could have seen more of that. You get a little bit of from the security recordings, which is fine. I think showing Anakin like they do in the brief moments um, when they're at like the Senate and uh, they're flashing back quickly to Mustafar, like you were talking about, Joe, where he's killing the the, the Viceroy or the Trade Federation guys, so they yeah. just kind of and they cut back and the music's perfect. I wish they would have done that a little bit for Order sixty six, where they would have done that and just shown Anakin just do do like you know running people through, and you'd have been like, because in the little video, it's it looks like he's kind of bored, like he's just kind of like blip 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 blip, like a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not, yeah, it's not as good. Uh, but I I love that that visual of him marching on the temple, uh, and there's so there's a lot of striking visuals in this one, and I don't know why they show his like Sith eyes more so on Mustafar than not at the Jedi Temple, because I would imagine after killing a bunch of kids, his eyes would be like just pure yellow and red. And you'd just oh, yeah, be like, after like, killing the kids, that's when that transition kind of happens, and then he's really painted looking, right? It goes so, back I mean, and forth. Oh, does it? Yeah, it doesn't always stick, uh, which is fine. So Order sixty six though, uh, besides the that kind of, did you like the idea of Order sixty six or does it like is it kind of weird for you? Well, I mean, so Palpatine had that code, like kind of Russian spets, not or almost kind of like Winter Soldier esque. Like yeah, like sleeper agents. Yeah, like they knew what to do when the code was revealed, and boom, bam, done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it was all fine, I, I guess. Uh, you know, kind of a big, big uh, part of the plot, and kind of sews it all together, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I liked it. I didn't have a problem with it. I think it's so smart too, because if you have to get rid of a bunch of Jedi, you're gonna do it in the middle of a war you created, but then also make sure that they are completely caught unaware. They've been working with these clones for years now. They would never think that clone's gonna shoot him in the back, but then when five or six of them decide to, then how are you going to stop that? Like, you can defend a few of those blaster bolts, but if you get hit by one, you know, it's your kind of... Like, Kiati Mundi, the guy who's on that... Um, uh, he's, like, running, and he's like, come on! And you go across the snowy bridge or whatever, and they all kind of stop, and he, like, looks back at him, and then they all just open fire on him, and he's like, uh, and then he just gets taken yeah, out. Yeah, totally like, unprepared for yeah. it. You know, you don't have that, that... You don't have much of a moment's notice to, like, prepare to defend yourself. Yeah, except like Yoda gets that uh, double beheading thing, which is pretty rough. You're like, whoa, Yoda. <laughs> he just, he's like, he like senses it for just a moment, like after, which I think is another great way of kind of showing emotion too, is like he, Yoda senses all of that yeah. death and he's like, oh my gosh. Uh, so like he knows something's going on and then both like Tarfor, I think and Chewbacca are kind of like, whoa, dude, you just cut off heads now, bro. <laughs> he just, he's just, whoop. Um, but uh, I like I like watching Obi and Anakin or no Obi and Yoda attack the the temple and take out all the guards. Like Yoda, like you know, throws a lightsaber into one of them and jumps on him, and Obi's just chopping him down. Uh, especially after Obi yeah. kind of survives the Utapau thing, where he and his lizard, who I'm sure survived because his lizard was amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he had to have. Um, I love watching Obi on that lizard with the the the. I love the. The sound effect for that lizard, I like Obi as, like, a knight, like, riding it into battle. Uh, I like, uh, Utapau is just cool, and I, I love uh, the hello there moments that Obi gets early on where he drops down in the middle of all of them. Thank goodness Grievous didn't just say, yeah, blast him. Like, because <laughs> Obi would have been like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he would have been done pretty quickly. Um, yeah, uh, but let's, uh, I think we need to move into kind of the final phase here. The, the big final fight two fights going on 
Anakin versus Obi-Wan, brothers in arms against one another, and then Yoda versus, you know, the Emperor, you know, Sidious, just like the two kind of like mages or the leaders of their tribes fighting in the Senate room. Is there any moment or moments from it that like really stick out to you as cool, maybe not so cool? Like, what did you like it? What did you think? Uh, you know, the fight in the Senate room was cool, but at the same time, I don't get as much of an intimate feeling from that fight. Yeah, it's not supposed to be. I don't think it wants to be big. Yeah, yeah, so I, I don't really fault it too badly, and, and I did enjoy it. Um, you know, I don't have many comments for that. It, you know, it's a little weird to see Palpatine, you know, leaping around and doing the force jumping stuff and whatnot, but you know, okay. Um, watching the fight on Mustafar between Ovi and, and Anakin is, uh, or at this point, Darth Vader. It's good, and it, I get you know there's talking back and forth and stuff. And Anakin, don't you see he is evil and, and this and that and you know uh, you know eventually Obi figuring out that he's lost or whatever and you know no choice but to cut him down kind of a thing. But I don't understand. They're jumping from like droid to droid to rock to rock on the lava the whole time. The next thing you know, Anakin's standing down by the lava's edge and just melts. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, I think those things they're on, they're on rocks. They were on like those shielded platforms of the droids and stuff. So it kind of shields them from that until you're I, on. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Is that your yeah. big, I was like, that, if that's the biggest problem you have with the fight, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's really not much to gripe about if it, it's a fight i i enjoyed it you know i don't think it uh for those who have seen uh the rise of skywalker i feel like for me it doesn't totally live up to like the fight on the death star ruins and the waves like for some reason a fight like well i mean i made it's just a telling of the times um oh you know because like it may it seems a little more eloquent and advanced in the new age i guess what but are you kidding you're kidding, right? This is the yeah. most technical fight that Star Wars has ever done. Those guys are just chopping trees in the sequel trilogy, baby. They're just it's it's sword blows like dunk, dunk, dunk. Like it's not. What do you mean it's more finesse? What are you talking about? You crazy? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I could take them or leave them. I don't have any true personal feelings about them. You just like that red lightsaber. You just like the sword, like with the hilt. You like that crossplay, don't you? Sure. If Anakin had a red lightsaber in this one, would you like it better? Because I'd like it better. I mean, it would make sense, right? But no, I I don't really have too much for personal feelings towards them. They, they were a fight. They were they led up to what they needed to, and they were well done for the most part. So. <sighs> really? Okay, that's like the reason I watch these movies. I absolutely adore this fight. I think it's the coolest sword fight that Star Wars has ever done, not to mention that it's like yeah. two of them going on at the same time. When they rose up into the Senate room, that still gets me. Like, And I know Yoda, Like, people don't really like that Yoda jumps around and stuff. I love that. I love the part where they start, like, 
Palpatine starts picking up like those senator things and starts chucking them. And I'm like, what's happening? And Yoda catches one and decides to spin it, which apparently makes it more devastating. I don't know why Sidious like throws that one and he's just like laughing. He's just like, ha ha ha. Oh. And then he sees that one. He's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Uh, I don't like how their fight ends. The whole like lightning repulse thing. It doesn't really feel like Yoda just kind of gives up. Yoda's like, I, I screwed up. <laughs> he just runs. It's like, Okay, like, Yoda's not going to kill him, right? But I wish it was a little more of, like, a satisfying conclusion. But I that Obi-Anakin fight, man, like, Anakin is just, like, constantly aggressing. I love that Obi's just kind of on his back foot the whole time. And it does get physical a few times. They kind of do that force push moment, uh, which in any other movie would look stupid. But those guys, I feel like they sell it. And I feel like it is just such a, a beautiful fight. Oh, God, it is so technical, too. It goes on for a long time. It's a very long fight. Uh, but I love it. I, I adore it. And uh, the ending, obviously, pretty legendary. A lot of people talk about it. Uh, the high ground situation, which Obi obviously knows all about after episode one with Darth Maul kind of like hanging down there. And he probably told Anakin how to do that move. And he was like, Anakin, don't don't try this move. I know how to stop it. You know, <laughs> like I've I've stopped it. I, I, I know how to do this. Um, So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. And I love that ending, too. I love you and McGregor's performance there talking to. And Hayden Christensen, I think, does a pretty good job. There's, he doesn't have a lot to work with because he's like, they're like, all right, you're on fire and you hate Obi. You hate him more than anything. And it's like, uh, okay. I hate you. I, I hate you. Uh, uh, but I like the whole, like, you know, Obi finally breaking down and not being, like, the pure Jedi. Just kind of be like, I loved you, man. Like, what? What What are you doing? Even though um, I think a lot of people can agree, uh, Obi wouldn't, but that the, you know, the Force was brought into balance. There's too many good guys, not enough bad guys, so... That's all I'm trying to say, Obi. Think about it like that. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. Uh, I think it's funny, too, at the end, because they, kind of, they kind of speed up some things. But when they show um, Palpatine and Vader um, uh, later on, there's the technologies, like the old school tech. It's like from episode four, like they're in a Star Destroyer or something. And you can tell that, like, the like there's guys hitting the buttons. They aren't clone troopers. They're just over there. And I'm like, I don't know why the technology, like the Emperor, like, decided to change how everything looked like really quickly as they're building the Death Star, uh, which is fine. But I don't know. Did you think about that at all? How it looked a little weird at the end, like everything's so shiny and new. And then at the end of this, all the technology looks like it's from the seventies again. Did you get that vibe at all? You know, I didn't quite pick up on it to be honest. Okay. Well then they, they married it. Well, what did you think of the Vader like uh birthing sequence of like, you know, you get, Vader being truly born in his form and then Padme kind of dying at the same time and giving birth to Luke and Leia. What did you think of all that? I think Padme's death is a little anticlimactic. I mean, sure. we, I, I mean, technically she like kind of, it's like she's given up her will to live and she just, you know, like dies of a broken heart kind of thing. It's slightly lame and, um, I don't know. Maybe it's not the worst thing. I mean, if you think about it, it is all kind of hinging on their relationship to each other is it's a little weird i get it yeah force choking yeah. your pregnant wife it doesn't it's not good uh what do you think about vader that vader sequence though did you like that it's kind of um, horror movie-esque a little bit yeah i mean it is cool and and, and then he kind of breaks out of the restraints which is neat um very frankenstein-esque yeah very much so the whole no thing a lot of people like to make fun of probably didn't need to do that weird to hear james yeah. earl jones say padme he's like where is padme 
Yeah. <laughs> like, huh? It could have been a little more, uh, gra- you know, a little more gravitas, I think. I, I mean, I get what they were going for, and it worked. And, you know, I don't really have complaints about it per se, but I feel like they could have made it even more... Uh, like I almost wanted him to have I almost wanted it to continue beyond that like I you know they had the funeral moment yeah I know there's lore about you know Vader goes to visit her uh, uh, tomb and stuff like that I wish there would have been like some like uh, brooding moment of him like looking over the the um, the the uh, the funeral procession type of a thing or something sure. of that nature is something like that could have been cool or maybe even him appearing in a crowd walking up to uh her casket or something of that nature and everybody kind of standing back like oh, oh you know something of that nature yeah. something something interesting to make him to kind of push him even further up onto that pedestal right from the get-go yeah i think another thing i don't know if it's in the comics as well but it would have been cool for when he broke out um, originally from the restraints, kind of Frankenstein-esque, for him to, you know, when he's like, you know, Palpatine says, you know, it seems like in your rage you killed her. It would have been cool if, like, he, you know, Vader were to turn and be like, no, you did this. And, like, kind of, I think in the com- there's a comic where Vader, like, throws Palpatine back and, like, crushes him into some metal. But then Palpatine starts using the Force lightning on him, and, like, he's super vulnerable to that. So I think another effective moment would have been, like, like vader getting forced to bow and kind of kneel to palpatine because of the lightning and like palpatine being like you can either live as my apprentice with the memory and knowledge of your wife or you can die right now it's totally your choice uh but i think a funeral scene like that too joe would have been excellent like yeah him kind of going up and like maybe you know putting a hand like you know through her hair just kind of like kind of tilting his head almost lovingly and everyone's kind of like who is that guy? Like, like yeah, 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 true, true. Yeah, it it would have been kind of a badass moment and kind of establishing him as the Vader we all knew, and you know, it, him transitioning into the the originals. But uh, I also think it would have been a good moment to like have that emotional tie back or connection of why he's ended up at this point and just like a. You know, a more artsy fartsy way of kind of culminating that, or like, uh, sure, reinstilling that. You know, this is why he got to this point, and kind of the repercussions of his poor decisions and his rashness yeah. in his youth. Um, it would have been something kind of cool, or even in the they didn't know it at the time, but you know, it would have been cool for during the. Uh, you know, like New Hope when it kicks off, it would have been cool to maybe have a moment like that even just to kind of, you know, nod to that. Yeah. No, I agree. Because they had to have some of that idea. They knew that he had kids with Padme, and and that, that lore was established because, you know, Luke and Leia being his kids, right? Kind of, yeah. Um, I wonder if that came up more so in uh, Empire Strikes Back because I think that first Star Wars, they kind of were like, here's Star Wars, and they're like, uh, we're making more of these, you know, and then it was kind of like, all right, let's flesh these characters out as opposed to just being like, this is Darth Vader. He's the bad guy. 
he's bad because he's bad all right like you know <laughs> then it was like i oh. guess that's kind of what it was at that time yeah. when new hope came out but right? so. i still i agree with you that would have been kind of cool and i really really hope and i don't know if this is still rumor or not that they were going to make a darth vader tv series uh, for disney plus i think there is a ton of untapped potential there with this character still my absolute favorite and uh i i like seeing his um, kind of his birth in this film obviously like you said Joe it is a little a little much to think of him like chopping down a bunch of kids but I think uh, there's so many cool moments in there and I get his his obsession with this um, to not lose Padme like he lost his mom and thinking you know part of him maybe thought man if I could go back and save my mom because I killed like 40 Tusken Raiders and there were children there too I would have done that so maybe part of his mind, and they, you know, you can't really get in the mind there, but like maybe he was like, and this is that sequence happening again, and someone's giving me the option to take out a bunch of people to save Padme. Uh, the problem is, even though like he commits to this, <laughs> even in the beginning, Palpatine's like, he's like, ah, uh, there's only one who's ever cracked that secret, and but I'm sure you and I together will totally do it. Like, you and me, yeah, buddy. Yeah, in that <laughs> moment, like... you think Anakin would have been like, wait, hold on, I'm doing what I'm doing, but you don't, you're don't. you telling me, before you said you could do this, now yeah. you're saying you don't know how. Either you show me that you know how to do it, or I'm back to, like, cutting you down or turning you in. I mean, I can make up a story about how you attacked Windu and, and killed him, but um, and I couldn't save him, but then I killed you, and... And next thing you know, I'm a Jedi Master on the Council and all that. So this can all be played out. Yeah. Tell me you know or not. If you don't really know, <laughs> I exactly. mean, you put a lot of faith in him that they would figure it out after he did what he had to do for him. Yeah, which, uh, again, they're kind of painted into a little bit of a corner with this, because if you would have started all of Star Wars with Episode One, you would don't necessarily need to make Anakin go to the dark side as quickly or even make him go there at all ever if you gave him other options, but because they're like, all right, we need, it's like the Hobbit. They have to kind of get to a point where they're back to like the, the beginning in a sense, you know, with like um, a new hope where they're like, we got to make Darth Vader. We have to yeah. like, and there's a more compelling ways. I think a lot of people and you and I kind of talked about how they could have done that. But uh, yeah, I do love that moment where, you know, Anakin finds out about uh, Palpatine and he, he cranks on his lightsaber, which I still think the lightsabers look best in this more than anything. They even come to a point, which doesn't make sense, but I love it. And he's, Sidious is like, are you going to kill me? And Anakin's like, I, you know, I'd surely like to. And he's like, I know you would. He's like, I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. It makes you stronger. Like, I love, like, Palpatine's like, I'm not going to die. But if I did, this guy would be full Sith and it'd be totally fine. Like He's just so like, kill me, dude, kill me. Um, yeah, uh, man, Ian McDermott, though, I really like him. I don't know how you feel about him, but uh, I really like I, him. I, I like him, yeah, yeah. He's, he looks like he's having a good time, you know? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, anything else you want to talk about from Revenge of the Sith? Overall, good, the bad, where does it stack up for you amongst the others so far? Um, Why is it your favorite? <laughs> is this the one where they have no never mind i, I was getting confused for a second that's um, okay there's a lot of star wars we're covering so it's easy to get lost yeah in it. um and what and what we've reviewed or discussed on the podcast to this point again i think it steps up to my favorite okay for now until the um, sequels so I've kind of gone in order, essentially. Yeah. 
I think he just yeah, like from, newer. From New Hope onwards. Yeah, yeah, the newer they get, the better they seem to be. Um, you know, this one is a little more stuffed than any of the others, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't, right? It's only natural, but. Uh, lots know, of killer. I, I like... What? I said lots of killer, no filler. Oh. I, I like the coming out of the Sith a little more and that kind of coming, you know. Uh, coming to the forefront, uh, hence the name and everything. So I enjoyed that, and I like the whole broad scale plot, right? Yeah. And kind of the bad guys, everything kind of works to their favor, and this whole plot by Palpatine really, you know, with some, it's meat on the bones, and it, and it's uh, quite the spider web. It's not too complex that the audience can't understand it. It's. Uh, Again, Lucas's style a little bit more blunt and obvious. It it, it all worked well. Um, uh, what was I going to mention? You're going to mention how Sidious gets force pushed by Yoda, and he looks like a complete fool for like five seconds with his little cloak over his head. He's like, ah! <laughs> oh, no, I don't remember that. But, you don't remember uh, that part? No, and I'll probably go back and rewatch these uh-huh. and everything, but yeah. Remember Yoda walks oh, in You know room? one thing I think they could have done? Why didn't they? Because how old is this? And what's the distance between this and New Hope? It's actually quite a ways, isn't it? Uh, about 18, 18 years or so. Maybe. Oh, is that all? Although yeah, it's like, like Luke, however old Luke is. Okay. Right. Yeah, because like... I wonder if they could have done like done like a nod to Chewbacca and Han Solo getting together. They had that originally. Yes, there was going to be a young Han living on Kashyyyk yeah but they were like yeah there's not enough they're like there's there's too much stuff in here already (laughs) they're like we don't but i understand it good point but it would have been a good little you know like uh uh good little weasel your way in there and kind of give a nod to what's coming with new hope and everything in that story so we're gonna watch Um, solo is what you're saying uh sure actually i need to watch that holy crap i haven't seen that yet i'd, I'd like to watch that with you honestly because i'd love to hear there what you we go think about it. we got something to watch this weekend there pal. we go that's good uh i Which think you'll I actually th- have totally free i think you will like it all right i think i think so i hope so uh right, saturday night it's on so oh wow there we go um yeah i as i said before this is still i think out of all star wars films uh is my favorite one i really do love it i think a lot of it is it it hit at a perfect time again for me, like Lord of the Rings hit when I was, um, uh, you know, pretty pretty young guy getting to be a teenager. This hit 2005, I think, 15-year-old. You know, you just can't help but sympathize with Anakin at that age uh, a little bit, at least for me. And uh, it still holds up for me in a lot of ways. And I can kind of see some of the faults and the flaws that people point out. There's a lot of CGI stuff, and it doesn't always feel uh, super authentic. But I think George... Um, or Mr. Lucas, I should say, was kind of trying to push the envelope all the time, and it doesn't always pay off in the future to do that uh, at the time, though. And still today, I think it looks great. And I like how Anakin... I think Anakin and Hayden Christensen, he was starting to really... um, Get his get his footing, you know, catch his stride here, because I feel like I really like this interpretation of Anakin, especially early on, like him and Obi. I just like the Clone Wars does a better job too of this, but I love those two characters together. I think Ewan McGregor is the best in this one. I think he's just like the pure 
just like epitome of what it is to be a Jedi, like wise, but also pretty arrogant, but very, very like, he's also confident. And uh, I, I love his little story uh, and just kind of his uh, going after Grievous and, yeah, um, I I like everybody in this movie for the most part. I even I really like Natalie Portman. I think uh, Padme is more fun and much much more active, obviously, in two. So I think I like her yep. a little bit more there. This one, she's just kind of on the sideline. Um, she kind of has to be, you know. She's like basically nine months pregnant by the time that this is over. I think uh, more or less. And uh, yeah, I just man, I and the lightsaber fights. I love the fight with Count Dooku in the beginning. There's, I love the idea of a a rematch, and I love it when in the beginning. And maybe you got this too, Joe, where Obi's like, "We will do it together." And Anakin's like, "I was about to say that because in episode two he says we're gonna do that. He's like, we're yeah. gonna do this together." Anakin's like, "I'm taking him now." Like. <laughs> You know, I love to see that little just like that. And then they're trying to leave like Palpatine later on is like, leave him and we'll never make it. And then <laughs> Anakin's like, he's like, I think he's fine. Uh, he's like, the fate, his fate's going to be the same as ours. Like he got this like this whole like area dropped on him by Count Dooku, like this thing pinning his legs. And so, you know, Anakin's carrying him and then eventually he wakes up at the elevator shaft and poor Ewan McGregor is just kind of like, like <laughs> He's like, what's happening? <laughs> I I just love that. Like his two, there's a moment and somebody pointed this out. His two father figures, Palpatine and Obi are kind of with him for a little brief period there. And they're still kind of like on a mission together. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, man. And uh, Obi, Obi versus Grievous is quick. Not great. Um, but that Anakin Obi fight, man. I just wish Anakin had a red lightsaber. There's just something so beautiful about it to me. It's just so technical. I feel like it, it hits really hard. Uh, and they we'll could have shown off the whole like bleeding the crystal and making his Darth Vader lights lightsaber. That would have been a good moment. Yes, but before Joe, this that is actually newer uh, canon information because back in the day, red lightsabers were actually considered to be synthetic crystals, and it was kind of like the Sith being like, "Hey, screw you, Jedi, and your natural ways. We're making synthetic lightsabers, and they're better than yours." And I think occasionally it wasn't always the case, but red lightsabers could cut through like a natural like a blue or a green lightsaber sure. so it used to be synthetic however if you would redo it today joe yes that would have been amazing if like if, if palpatine said hey you got to go kill all the kids at the temple and then you'll be strong enough to bleed your crystal and then you'll be strong enough with the dark side to like actually progress yeah. forward or even that just the creation sick. of it via whatever means they deemed the right way yeah um, but uh, it would have been cool, just the creation of it at the time, because of its importance to him, and and just the the the. I mean, you know, Darth Vader's lightsaber for crying out loud. Yeah, uh, and spoiler alert for everybody, but if you play the actual Star Wars Episode Three game, if you recall in the beginning, before Obi and Anakin fight, Anakin's talking to Padme, and he says to her, "I'm powerful. I'm more powerful than the Chancellor now. I could overthrow him." Maybe he could have. Uh, we don't know. I don't think Anakin necessarily had Sith lightning, but uh, he he kind of understood how that worked, which I don't know how you felt, Joe, about seeing Palpatine, like, turn. I don't know if that's his, like, real form or, like, the lightning bouncing off of him made him, like, a kind of a creepy, like, stuffed weirdo. Yeah, I like, wish I, I... Yeah, they don't really detail how that worked. I would have liked to have known. <laughs> which we'll come back to <laughs> later on, I'm sure. Um, but... At the end of episode three, uh, the, the video game, you actually play the final level um, as Anakin. And in a what-if scenario, if Anakin would have beat Obi-Wan, he makes the jump and kills kills Obi, and I think like it kicks him down into the lava or kicks him down the bank. 
you see Anakin approach um, the Emperor later on. The Emperor hands him a red lightsaber amongst all these other clones. Anakin huh. takes the red lightsaber, throws it up in the air, turns around, catches it, and stabs Palpatine in the chest, and then kills him. And all the clones are like, oh. And then Anakin, all he says is, the, the galaxy is mine. I was like, uh, that's kind of a cool one-off scenario. <laughs> He's just like, uh, I killed him, and I'm going to kill you, and all of it's mine now. <laughs> it's like, it seems a little greedy, but from a little slave boy on Tatooine, I, I could kind of, I see the through line, kind of. But uh, yeah. I always I always wanted him to have a red lightsaber. I always thought that would have been just so cool. Uh, but what you going to do? Uh, yeah, I man, Mustafar, I freaking just love Mustafar. It's my favorite planet. I, I love it so much. It's so creepy. It's so dark, and there's a lot more going on in Mustafar. And believe it or not, Joe, there's a moment in the new Star Wars films, one of them, maybe one of them, anyway, that is actually on Mustafar, if only briefly. Yeah, yeah, briefly. it's uh, it's Rogue One where uh, the, the uh, not Colonel, what is the, you know, the guy from uh, Bloodlines? Director Krennic. You're talking about our Director good Krennic, friend. Yeah, when he goes to visit Vader, he comes out of his chamber. That's one of Vader's hideaways or mansions on one of his planets, one That's... of his... You. That's Vader's castle, yes, and that is Ben Mendelsohn or Ben Mendo. But I'm actually not yeah. talking about that movie. I'm talking about another one of them, the the oh. sequel trilogy. There is a brief period on Mustafar. It's very brief. It's about this long, um, which sucks because I wanted more of that. I really wanted more, like, yeah. Anyway, um, so there you go. That's Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I did ask people because you know we do community feedback and questions. I wanted to know what people thought of this film. Maybe I'm nuts and maybe I'm the only person who actually likes this. Um, but we got in this little thing from from Twitter from Ryan Ryan Layman. Thank you so much. He said this movie was the best of the prequels. I really enjoyed the final battle with a gif of Anakin saying, "You underestimate my power." Absolutely love that. This one comes in from Lodiaz though on our Discord, and he wrote a little bit, so I wanted to give it justice. This is this is cool. Lodi says, this is a film I got some strong feelings about. He's got some strong feelings. I like this. He said, I saw this in the cinema when I was young. First time I saw it, I loved it. However, the more I thought about it later, the less I liked it. The script was extremely uneven, and some stuff didn't really make sense. That said, this film has one of the best lightsaber fights in the saga. I didn't really watch it for a couple years after, as any of the first three episodes. I then had to do a school project on films I like and had to analyze to why I prefer some movies, etc. Whilst doing this, I sat down with pen and paper and gave episode 1 to 3 a deeper look. I think that if you watch them as kind of one long film instead of three different ones, it makes much more sense. You get to take it all in and see how Anakin actually fulfilled the prophecy of bringing balance to the Force. It was too much light in the galaxy, and it had to be flattened out. Also, it's a very, or also it's a story where Obi-Wan Kenobi steps into a mentor role, where you can see what he is not that he's not really ready. When Anakin reaches higher powers, Obi-Wan almost gets jealous and doesn't seem to really know how to handle it. Instead of helping Anakin grow, he pushes him down like a bad mentor. And there's this silver lining, might not be the right word, of how Anakin gets low um, by everyone by everyone around him, or gets, down by, uh, gets let down by everybody around him. By Obi-Wan, by the Jedi Council. And then when Palpatine comes around and tells Anakin what he wants to hear, Seeming to be a shoulder to lean on, it's only a natural reaction for him to eat up every word Palpatine tells him. I think the initial trilogy gets an unwarranted amount of hate 
Sure, they aren't perfect movies by any means, and as I said, the script is very flaky, but I think you have to look deeper at it, and what you actually get is some good movies. I highly recommend that you watch Cinema Wins films on the YouTube about them. He really sums them up so well, and he does. Um, I actually watched this, so this is a channel that was kind of born out of... um, like a thing to kind of counteract Cinema Sins, which is still, I think, far more popular. The Everything Wrong With series, Cinema Wins is everything great about. And uh, he goes pretty in-depth on Revenge of the Sith, which I enjoyed as a, a Revenge of the Sith, like, defender. Uh, I just really like it. There's a moodiness, man. Joe, you got to watch that, that again. well summed up. I'll give him that. That's uh, Lodius. I will yeah. be watching it again. I'll be going back to watch them all again. I... I just want you to remember the opera scene. That's the one that people, I think even J.J. Abrams kind of pointed out being one of his favorites. A lot of people go back to that one because it's just like dialogue. There's, um, it's a really cool setting. There's like some Star Wars mythos. And it is really weird to have like the Chancellor who it kind of looks creepy, but he's like, did the, you know, did you ever hear the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? It's like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm a Jedi Knight. And so, yeah, we don't really talk too much about the Sith. But uh, if you know this story, I'd be great to hear it. Like, <laughs> I love that. He's just, is it possible to learn this power? Just Ian McDermott just slowly turns, not from a Jedi. And it's like, <laughs> Like, it's almost like he's saying he's like not from a Jedi, but if you want to go somewhere else, I mean that's totally fine if you want to do that. Um, yeah, I, oh man, Revenge of the Sith. Also, it has the best subtitle out of all the Star Wars. Come at me, I will defend it to the death. Revenge of the Sith. It's like, it's so edgy. Oh my god, I love it. Um, yeah, more red lightsabers though, please. Thank you. Uh, that's all. Anyway, uh, Joe, any any last final words here before we wrap it on up? No, I think we uh, summed up our feelings quite well and, and sprinkled a little bit of wants and, and, and uh, things that could have been better throughout. So, Did you have uh, a favorite moment? I need to hear a favorite moment. Uh, Was it unlimited power when he just lights up Mace Windu and he's just, he smiles? He's, I never get power! Like that? Is that... I love that moment. <laughs> I kind of liked the yeah. I did like that confrontation of Palpatine. Um, all in all, I feel like I kind of like the moment the the sequences of him turning. So it essentially begins with I guess that uh, opera moment and then onward. Um, I like that that sequence so. Um, I won't pinpoint it. I'll leave it a little more general. Oh, the one that you didn't remember earlier, the opera sequence. Well, I mean, you kind of. I brought it back. I would have. I would have started it off when Palpatine review or reveals himself, but apparently, it, even before that, I think is more appropriate. But yeah, I don't remember that little bit as well. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. Vaguely remember. It. I meant like favorite like line or singular second. Oh. Like, is there anything that really stood out to you where you're like, oh? No, I guess I was too busy just lapping it up and enjoying it. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. maybe when I go back and rewatch, maybe we'll have a little moment in Time Killers in a future podcast. I'll I hope so. One of my favorite moments. I just love hearing Obi Wan drop down and just say hello there. Like he's sitting up there for a while, like stroking his beard. He sees like all these guys from oh. the Trade Federation, and he's just kind of like, "What's the best course of action? I know what it is. I'll jump in there like a crazy person, and hopefully There's... the clones show up." Here's what I like. I like Yoda showing up and when Pal- Palpatine's about the, or no, uh, 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 oh gosh, uh, Darth uh, Sidious. 
No, uh, Sidious's apprentice before he dies. Oh, Count Dooku. Oh, which one is this from where Yoda confronts him? That was in the one before That's this. Attack of the Clones, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say when he goes in and he knocks those two Crimson Guards out, like Yoda walks into the room and those guys are standing there and he waves his hand and both of them just get slammed into the wall. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, that was <laughs> neat. Um, and I do like, like it like, when no. they show off Yoda's power, but uh, yeah. So powerful you are, Wiley. Dude, I was going to say, I love that part where, yeah, he's he's trying to leave, and Yoda's just like, he's like, where are you going? And Palpatine's yeah. like, he's like, Darth Vader will become more powerful than either of us. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, just, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's, um, man, I love, there's just, the thing about this movie, I think more so than almost any of the others, you know, to some extent, obviously Empire is such a, um, a highly um, kind of beloved film. Mm. But this one has so many moments that people, I think, still make memes of, gifts of. They remember moments. There's just so many things to, like, love and laugh at in this movie. And I think that's, for me, what makes it still stick so much. Because I love uh, Duel of the Fates in episode one. But besides that, there's not a lot that I go back to. Besides maybe the pod race, you know, that's like, wow, those were moments. Like, this movie feels like it has so many just, like, ah! crazy moments like uh which i just i really enjoy that i really do so yeah yeah, yeah. uh well there you go everybody please tell us what you think of revenge of the sith i need to know i really do want to hear uh all you have to do is tweet the hashtag critical podcast like these other gentlemen did beforehand and you can tweet them on twitter at our official account at go critical or you can tweet them at me personally i'm at jimmy good 013 i'm trying to get twitter to just give me at jimmy good because that guy doesn't seem to be using it so if anybody is out there and they're listening to this and they know someone at twitter or work there themselves please help me out that would be great uh joe where can they find you at lever underscore 627 lever just like beaver only with an l Excellent. And uh, Levi, will leave him on there. He's at Levi Fletcher. Uh, he will probably be on in a future episode talking about this because he really wanted to weigh in on Revenge of the Sith. I can't speak for him. I don't. I think he really likes this one, but I can't recall exactly. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm not going to speak for him. Uh, if you'd like to support our channel, consider just liking this video, sharing us with a friend. That would be great. We have other things that you could do to support us financially. But honestly, just you listening to us every week I think there's a very dedicated fan group who's doing that. So let us know who you are. We just want to know you just a little bit. You don't have to tell us your name. You can just tell us which episode of ours you've liked the most in the past, or if you like this new style that we're attempting here, or if it's your first time, let us know what you think about it. Either way, thank you so much. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Unlimited power. <laughs> Joe loves it. You I love do. it, don't you? Yeah. All right. I do. Excellent.